Welcome everyone to Heroes of Gaming, the podcast channel that talks with the people who make the games we love. Our hero this week is the voice of many heroes we hold close in our hearts and the villains we love to fight. From Gohan to Ryu and Aizen to Hans Gross, his talent knows no bounds and his skills are unmatched. He is the man with the million voices, Kyle Hebert. Kyle, dude, dude that, that that is an introduction. Oh, wow. wow. That's nice well, of you to say. Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Unmatched skill? I don't know about that. I work in an industry full of 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 just overflowing talent, you know, from from the veterans to the the new gen and and all that and it's just such a a powerful community of of folks and we get to do such a cool job and and work in an industry that is so much fun and that we're a fan of too you know so yeah. um yeah yeah sometimes i have to pinch myself still even after 20 years of doing this wow 20 years yeah you know, I, i'm just I, i'm so excited i know hans has this whole list of of wonderful questions he wants to kick things off with hans you oh want? yeah let's let's throw a warm-up question in here um, I, I am fascinated. Ten years of Ryu. Mm. Uh, you're redoing this character. Is he the same for you, or are you kind of like, all right, I've got to revamp him for this this platform. Let me add a little spice to this one, or is it just Ryu classic pulling it off the shelf? Well, the uh, the somewhat boring answer is I have to do whatever the director tells me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I assume, you know, 9.99999% of the time, it's going to be just the classic Ryu or, you know, if he, he's a little bit older this time, so maybe lower the voice or, you know, this little tweaks. There's, there's nothing too, you know, off dark side. So I, I don't think you're going to notice any huge sweeping changes between a street fighter title and a Marvel versus Capcom title or, or even with uh, smash brothers. So, <laughs> okay. Okay. Do you, do you do the Ryu grunts as well? Like the oh, yeah. noises, all, all of it, okay. all of it, all the, we do the dialogue first and then we save all the throat ripping for the yeah. end of the session. <laughs> now, because Ryu has so many throat ripping things to do, you know, I, I've had multiple sessions you know, some, you know, they all start with the dialogue and then the rest is all screamy, shouty stuff. And then, right. you know, I got to whip out the uh, lozenges and hot tea and <laughs> Chinese cough syrup to, to help get through it all, which, which, which is good. And, um, yes, uh, if I'm lucky, I still have a voice afterwards and can go do another session for a completely different project later that same day, or maybe the next morning. It's only bit me in the butt a couple of times where I just <laughs> sounded like, how's it going? You know, like, <laughs> just okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Kyle, let's, let's just reschedule you, okay? Let's just. <laughs> That's fantastic. And a follow-up question to that. So you're just doing the English version of the voice. Is that correct? Are you doing all of them? Oh, no. Uh, English is all I speak. So, oh, okay. yeah, just the English version. Oh, very, mm. very exciting though. It's, it's, mm. it's, uh, it's, it's so interesting. Your, your career over these long years of just, uh, loyal fans, just clamoring to, to these characters. But, but you put the, you put the heart into this stuff. Thank you, Kyle. You, you're, you're incredible. Do you come up with a voice yourself 
or are they trying to model it after something that came before? Like for, for Ryu, for example, are they trying to, are you doing more of an impression of the past Ryu or is it yours? It's, it's kind of a blend because we will listen to the, the original audio track as a guide. Sometimes we have to match the timing of it. Like very specifically, it's like, you got 1.3 seconds to say this line and it's going to match that. And sometimes maybe there's money in the budget to do the animation and, and reanimate as it were for the English track. It's not necessarily the case with that. Um, when we get to some of the fight sounds, they may sound different in Japanese where the director will say, Oh, Hey, okay, put your own spin on this. It doesn't sound, need to sound like, you know, you know, something that, that is normal in, in one culture may sound kind of different and strange in sure. another, yeah. but they have that same intent behind it. Mm. So, you know, like, you know, it, it, <laughs> it, you know, if it, if it's some weird version of, ah, you know, they're pretty, they're pretty, uh, wide open to interpretation there. And we tend to do like, t- you know, two or three takes of each line, you know, in succession, like, Hadouken, 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 you know, whatever. And if they don't like any of those three, then they'll tweak it and say, okay, give me another three. That's how we go with that. 2004 EverQuest mm-hmm. 2. Um, <laughs> right. various characters you did for that. Now, being an MMORPG nerd myself, were you ever tempted? I don't know if you played them. So if you did, or this could apply for any game, go online and replicate these voices just to screw with other gamers. So they're like, wait, wait, was that the game? Mm. I've actually never played EverQuest, or as it was called back in the day, EverCrack. (laughs) <laughs> never true, played warcraft or, or or any of those i did play league of legends and i did play with some fans but i think they had a heads up that it was mm-hmm. me and uh i've played on xbox live and years ago and now i'm just playstation and switch but it tends to be people who already know because i'm doing like a, a twitch stream or something mm-hmm. uh i don't just randomly do it anymore because you know even if i do the voice spot on you know there's nothing to really prove it's me there's not a verified playstation <laughs> yeah. account that's or a you know. that's a good point yeah <laughs> yeah i don't have that but you know it yeah i suppose it could be fun to do that you know like walk down a toy aisle and just do the voice and see if a kid acts weird but then again their parent may be like dude get away from my kid what are you doing <laughs> right 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 this is the real glamour the voice acting yeah. industry <laughs> yeah, well, the the nice part is anonymity. You know, it's not we're not like celebrities and TMZ and paparazzi are following you around. It's like okay, no one really knows what I look like unless they've seen me at a con. Right. Yeah. And and even then, they're not expecting when they go to the grocery store to see anyone. You know, it's like oh, like I think that person is a a wrestler, or I think that person <laughs> kind of looks like so and so. It's like to- Tony Hawk gets that all the time. He gets. You look like Tony Hawk. <laughs> he just goes yeah, along. Yeah, I, yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of interested in the in the process of how you got these gigs and and what the uh, what the challenges were when you got them. <clears throat> well, the challenges are, are uh, one aspect of of being a voice actor is that you're an actor first and foremost. The voice thing is just kind of like the medium 
that you're acting in as opposed to on camera. So that's what we really mean when we say voice acting. We're using our voice, strictly our voice, to build a character and all that. It, it's not like, oh, I make silly voices. And there's plenty of voice actors who do do that. And then there's a good portion of them that just simply, you know, make a living using their normal speaking voice. Um, so par for the course, regardless of how established you are or or how you work with the director and the producer and the casting person millions of times on tons of projects. It's, it's, it's only fair to audition, you know? So, uh, that is where it begins. Auditioning is, uh, being able to think on your feet, do great cold reads, uh, commit to a performance kind of self-direct, especially now in the uh, pandemic age where everyone is home and, you know, you got no one directing you. Whereas in the older days, you know, just a few years ago, we'd go to a physical studio or our agent's office and get directed and have some feedback to bounce off of. So you're kind of on your own. You're in this little black hole and hoping that something sticks. And usually uh-huh. they'll say, like, don't give us more than two takes or or one take only. It's like, oh, gosh, you got to sit there and make some tough decisions. Am I I'm going to read the little bio about what the characters calls for and see the lines that show a range of emotion. And sometimes there's a picture and sometimes there's not. It's very helpful to see a picture of the character, but we're not guaranteed that luxury. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Wow, that is such a challenge. And, and even someone at your level, your status you still have to audition. It's oh, totally. Wild. There's there's wild. no forward momentum in that. There's people. I mean, uh, Billy West from Futurama still auditions. Wow, crazy. That yeah. blows my mind. I mean, yeah. you know, a voice of Gohan. You know, it's got a right. Still audition. Wow. I mean, that's cool if uh, the clients and the producers happen to be fans, but that that rarely happens. That. Uh, yeah. And I, I can't rest on those laurels, you know. I have to say, all right, uh, I got to separate this. Okay, there's there's what the fans get, and then I got to deliver my A game for the the professional, the business side of it. And sometimes there's some cross pollination there. Those like, oh yeah, I used to listen to you on the show, and it's like, but I learned that after I'm cast. So, and 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 I hope that this doesn't become a thing. And it was. It was, it was showing like little signs that it was a few years ago where it's like, if you have a big enough social media presence that can influence the casting. And it's like, that's not fair. There's so many, there's so many people out there that don't have a huge following that are, that maybe just aren't as invested in social media. And, you know, if I could do things over again, have a do over, go back in time, what would I change? It's kind of like, well, take a course in business. Because mm-hmm. you're a contract person, you're self-employed, you have to know you're in the business of promoting yourself as a brand. I mean, now we at least have some guidance from YouTube people and, and websites that can help give you an idea of different ways to, uh, to get your message out there. But uh, yeah, it's, it, it, it's an interesting juggling act. Wow. And what a, what a testament to your work ethic that you, that you have the humility and the, and the focus to say, Hey, I, yeah, I did some great things and I'm currently doing some great things, but I'm still going to bring my A game to this audition. That's, that's incredible. That's, that's yeah, great. Well, thank you. Yeah. You don't want to become stagnant or complacent, you know, and just like, well, okay. All right. They'll come to me. That that's never the case. No, the phone's not going to ring. Your inbox is not going to light up. 
unless you take those first crucial steps and get out there and network, which is hard for someone who is introverted or shy or has some social anxiety. It's like, I don't want to be that guy that's, that's bugging them. And it's like, they hear, they hear from actors all the time, basically saying, hi, I'm available. It's like, no, we know. (laughs) Meanwhile, they're trying to run their business cast projects, direct them. And they're also getting inundated from this side and the inbox is filling up. I call it the inbox of broken dreams. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds negative, but it's realistic Yeah, (laughs) because you know, there's demos being, you know, it's just shot in the dark and maybe we have a little momentum with a casting director. We've never worked before. If someone kind of talks us up to them saying, Hey, I want to recommend so-and-so that is worth its weight in gold, whether it's a, 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 a talent agent or a casting person, a, a director directly involved, or not, not so much the client side, because the, the client works with different studios, the different studios have different actors on their, on their audition list. Hmm. So there, there's definitely like a, a hierarchy. You worked on uh, Shenmue 3. The Shenmue series can be emotional for people. You know, it's yeah. it's it's a... It is an experience for a lot of people. So finding that character when you say you're an actor first, what is that exploration like, finding that voice? <clears throat> well, sometimes I'll I'll be hired on a project based on my audition, and then I get in there, and they either roll with what I did or they may tweak that. And most people who have recording sessions have more than one character. I mean, it may be one main character that only has a handful of lines. And then there may be like a half a dozen other bit part characters or unnamed characters that show up in the last, uh, in, in the same episode or the same game scene or, or whatnot. And we have the most freedom when the director goes, all right, uh, throw something at me. Give me a, what do you have in mind for so-and-so? And that's great. You know, giving the actor the like carte blanche to just, you know, like, ah, okay, well I envision this. And that's kind of what happened on, on Shinmu. Um, I'd worked with a director, Bill Black on, on many projects through the years. And he just, you know, you, you develop such a good rapport and relationship that they trust the actor's instincts. It's like, you know what you're doing, just throw a voice and let me hear what you want to do with it. It's like, yeah, I like that. That's good. Okay. Let's go with that. Um, so there may be like a hybrid of, I get in the door because of my audition. And then once I'm in that door, Okay, craft me, mold me, shape me. What 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 do you want me to give you? Do you want my input? Because it's your job as the actor once again to defer to your client or director as a, as 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 far as what they want from a performance. I I don't get the, you know, total freedom to just make it my own because otherwise I'd be like, "Really? That's the take they want?" Okay. <laughs> I'm by saying that to myself, not not, not my outer voice. Uh, is it possible you could uh, maybe share with us a Kyle-ism that exists, something that you created that may not necessarily have been something that the director sought out when on one of these games that they said, hey, take it away, Kyle, what do you got? It's just sort of an innate where my mind goes. You know, yeah. uh, other actors might... Uh, have a specific technique. Uh, I'm boring. I just, I just say, I get in the zone, show me a picture and a voice comes to my head. Uh, tell me about the character and I can even fine tune that, you know, is this person come from money or are they poor? You know, what, what is their lot in life? And you can sit there and 
if you really want to have fun, write a background history to a character, even if it's inaccurate. You know, it's like they gave me nothing to go on. I'm going to make up something and go with that. And they'll either think outside the box like I did or not. And then, yeah, if, if not, it's not meant to be. That's fine. Divorce yourself from the audition and move on because uh-huh. chances are you're not going to get hired anyway because it's so competitive. Mm-hmm. But you treat your I mean, your job as a voice actor, number one, is to audition. Auditioning is the job. It's trying to land the gig. So you treat the audition as if it were the job and it's like, all right. And, and then your mindset shifts from God, I hope they hire me to, wow, I got to play today. And on the playground, I got to play a wizard and a general and a demon. And it's like, it sounds like a much more positive spin, you know, and you're getting to practice and get experience honing your craft. And, you know, it's bonus. It's like icing on the cake. If you, if you actually end up with the gig and then you get, Oh, I get to play more. And now I get to play off of, uh, other people. You got the director, uh, filling in the gaps as opposed to be just making it up. Something that might go along with that is your build as a character in saints row. And it's just labeled as the third tough guy, comma, white guy, comma, white bum. <laughs> is that yeah. really what you get? And they're like, Give us the noise. Yep. Yep. <laughs> the noise for something white bum. <laughs> for something that small. Yeah. It, it, it's something like I've worked for the studio PCB. Uh, again, many, many projects through the years. The directors know uh, what I'm capable of. And they got everyone's demos on file. So, And they've worked with them enough to know what their range is. And they'll cast accordingly. And then they'll, I'll come in. I don't even know what the project is. And they'll say, all right, this is Saints Row 3. And we got this, this small part for you today. He's a, he's a thug. He's, white bum. Yeah, white bum. And i like, do you have a picture? And they're like, nope. Like, okay. All right. I'll show up in sweatpants and I'll do it. And they'll, they'll, they'll generate the script on screen, little Excel or word document. I'll see the lines appear on the screen and it's like, okay, I get a, a sense of, does this guy contract words or is he like, Hey, I'm going to do this and, gonna, and so, or I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know, mm-hmm. those little things kind of give you some sort of hint as to where, where that's coming from. And, you know, as an actor, you trust your director. The director works with a client, so they know. And if they don't, they have a client on the phone or physically there. In that case, uh, I don't think I had anyone from the client side there because they trust their studio directors so much. It's like, you guys just, just bring in whoever you want. We just want we we want to cast the main characters, but we'll let you take care of the of the bit part stuff. So, so they call in the Kirk Thorntons and the Richard Epcars and the Michael Soriches and the me. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll come in and fill in those gaps with the smaller, with the smaller guys. And we'll say, all right, give us what you think this guy could sound like. And it's like, Oh, pitch it up, pitch it down. He's in his thirties or he's in his twenties or he's in his eighties, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. Oh, Kyle, you have such a, you have such an, an amazing range as well your voice thank you uh yeah. your voice you know as we play these games where your voice is so prominent you, you can be a celestial being that narrates dragon ball z or you could be a you, you can be this you know young teenager who's you know fighting against the forces that be it's a, it's really incredible range uh how, how do you, you how do you keep that fluctuation is it just 
Is it natural? Do you do you have a technique for warming up your voice for the way you treat your throat, for example? Is it a certain tea? I mean, what's what's your thing? <clears throat> well, I'm told, and I think this part is true. Don't don't have anything with dairy in it before your session. So it's like most of us in the morning we want coffee, and mm-hmm. those who don't drink it black put in, of course, cream of some sort or sugar, and that stuff causes phlegm buildup and mouth noise that the director can hear and that can gum up the works literally. And, you know, (laughs) you want to make sure that your instrument is, is ready to go. So you want to avoid things like sodas and, uh, all that. I prefer room uh, or cold water, but people say the best kind of water to have for a voiceover session is room temperature. Right. That'll help the 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 cords stay lubricated and you're not going to have to like <clears throat> clear your throat right. all the time and they say clearing your throat's bad anyway but we all do it we're human yeah uh, <laughs> so wow. uh, yeah i don't i don't have a <clears throat> speaking of clearing your throat, yeah. <laughs> yeah. i don't uh, i don't have a particular method i don't really um do a warm up. I know other people that do, and they'll just sing scales, and they'll like, you know, they'll stretch their mouth out and do all these weird things. And yeah, as I I say, do whatever works for you. Um, I know that you know I'll have a a nine a.m. session tomorrow morning. I'm gonna get up an hour ahead of time so I have time to eat breakfast. But I'm going to have coffee. Shh, don't tell the director. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. No worries. But I'm going to try and drink plenty of water after the cup of coffee to help cleanse the palate mm-hmm. and be ready. Because then again, I have a three and a half hour session tomorrow. So it's like, okay, I'll be ready for it. <laughs> who who taught you this stuff? Who who influenced you? Who said, who did you look up to in this in this world? I mean, it, or or did you kind of discover it on your own? Uh, it came from me being very young, like probably seven or eight. And I remember my dad showing me Looney Tunes because that's what he was a fan of. So I learned all about Mel Blanc and and all these different characters and, and everything. And that just stuck in my head and that planted the seed really early on from childhood that it's like, this is something I want to do one day. And I was also fascinated by DJs on the radio. I like the the thought of being able to control like, all right, I'm going to play records and play songs and this, this mystical larger than life thing. And then I grow up and see how boring radio stations look, but, <laughs> but it's still, it's like you, you hook the theater, of the mind, like radio plays from the olden days, like the shadow and war oh, of the worlds okay. with Orson Welles Orson that managed Wells, to, yeah. that whole thing that in 1938, people missed the disclaimer in the beginning and they actually <laughs> like, thought aliens thought were real. Invaded. Yeah. And that's the power of the theater of the mind. And that has always fascinated me. And I now love that with podcasting, you can continue that with audio books. Uh, it's like, uh, it's our new version of radio nowadays. And it's like, we, it doesn't matter what you look like. That's, that's so freeing. You don't, you don't have to be skinny to play a skinny person or fat to play a fat person or, or any of that, you know, you're freed up by whatever your range or what your signature voice, um, kind of, kind of does for you. What, what you're marketable for to be like a major animated character in a movie or a series. That's my, that's my, my end game. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I mean, even if I land that, 
I'm still going to want to keep doing this because this is rewarding, regardless of whether it's a character that says one line and then dies or shows up for 10 lines, or he's the lead in a whole episode arc or the lead in a game. I want to do it all. And I want to keep on doing it until I can't do it anymore because this is, this is what it means. I mean, and that's what I stay passionate about telling people to find something that makes you truly happy. And if you can make a living doing that, that's the best of all worlds. Don't get into something that, okay, it's got like a nice, you know, five figure, six figure income, but you're miserable and you're stressed out and you can't enjoy because there's no passion behind what you're doing. It's like, and you know, keep your eyes on the prize. Like maybe I'm working some crappy job now. It's temporary. Take baby steps towards achieving your goal. Mm, that's wonderful. What you said really resonated uh, with me. I know it's going to resonate with a lot of people. Uh, but there's a lot of there's a lot of myths out there about the voiceover artist and you know how easy it is or how quick you can make money and oh I only worked for six hours I made 50 grand or whatever it is but really it takes a lifetime to learn how to do those six hours right how to make sure that 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 works what what if you could dispel some myths out there what would what would you say uh that voice actors especially from anime are rich we're not rich. It's like, but you have to be, you're, you're on these huge projects. It's like, well, anime is a, is a, a niche, uh, a niche sort of, uh, thing within the whole spectrum of the entertainment world. So, I mean, yes, there are voice actors who are millionaires, but they didn't start that way. And they, they may have, you know, happened to have been cast in a major gig or got a major commercial campaign with paid off in so many residuals that they could put their kids through college and buy a mansion, but par for the course. No, everyone has to do their own hustling and, you know, but you know, uh, it's until weird. recently there's conventions, you know, a lot of people are able to get out there and have a nice side income, but now that's, that's taken off the table for the meantime. Mm -hmm. So now we have to restructure this. Now there's online autographs and online panels and cameos, you know, mm -hmm. doing personalized video shout outs, Twitch streams, which I do now. Um, and I do cameos too, but anyway, um, <laughs> the conventions thing, I, of course I miss the one-on-one, -on -one, you know, interacting with people face to face, but at least we have this means. Thank God for technology. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine us back in the days of the Spanish flu? <laughs> it's like here, stay home, I isolate. Like, oh God, we have to actually talk to each other in our family. Gross. <laughs> Can't do that. So you you play obviously you're on Twitch and you play video games. Um, but you had to start somewhere, you know, yeah. with the video gaming, uh, introduction. What was one of the first games that made a, uh, influence on you that really left an impression? Well, I remember the first game I ever played cause I'm 51. So I remember Pong. I mean, before there was Atari even, wow. and, uh, I loved Pac-Man, even though it looked nothing like the arcade version. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just love the old school arcade stuff that, you know, just going to the arcade and people stacking tokens or quarters even before to tokens lined up on, you know, things like yeah, even the Donkey Kong. Yeah. yeah. On the rim. Like who's yeah. next? Like, I'm like, I'm staking the claim. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Playing, wow. you know, Galaga or Donkey Kong. 
pole position, Tempest, uh, Star Wars, the 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 old vector graphics version. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, yeah, I love that one. Those are classics. Oh, totally, totally. And you know, once you went to the consoles, I even missed the arcade back then when consoles started coming. It's like. Oh, I kind of miss that whole vibe. You know, when you walk into an arcade and you hear that familiar sound of all of the, all the games blaring at once. Yeah. And the, and the people laughing and cheering kind of the wood that they do now at a sports bar. It's like, Oh, I miss this vibe so much. Ah, it's true. It's true. They have a, they have out here in Chicago, they have a game, uh, a place called uh, galloping ghost. Yeah. Emporium. Emporium. There's, there's, uh, arcade bars. Yeah, yeah, arcade bars are are a thing now. So at least there's that. At least there's that. You know, that's <laughs> terrific. Was there ever in your career a moment where you felt that it was such a powerful, almost cinematic, uh, like end all be all, like a like a moment that you had to transmit through a character's voice, and you knew that this was an iconic line. You knew like right away, like I gotta I gotta really sell this one. This one's. This one's going to be iconic. Was there ever a time where you knew right off the bat? Uh, I think as far as lines of dialogue go, I remember when I recorded like, fight you? No, I want to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) And then at the same time, we'd record the TV kids edit version. Fight you? No, I want to destroy you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, geez. Doesn't quite pack pack as much of a punch there. Right, uh, right. Yeah, it's like this is your big Clint Eastwood moment. I'm like, oh, that's cool. All right, <laughs> awesome. That's 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 amazing. That's a great moment on our podcast. We actually tell people who we're going to be interviewing the week before, and mm-hmm. we encourage them to write in with a couple of questions and things. And I'd love to, uh, I'd love to be able to ask them to you. Are you open to that? Absolutely. All right, great. Uh, we have a uh, person here. His name's Ryu. You. Uh, oh, I see. Ryu Ken, he's asking, what is the most obscure voice character you've ever played? Oh, obscure. Golly. Well, well, any small character in any video game or show that doesn't even have a name. I mean, Mm. those can be obscure. I like to, I like to think of this guy on Dragon Ball that was a member of Boss Rabbit, uh, Boss Rabbit's gang. He wasn't himself a rabbit. He was a person dressed in a bunny costume. He's a he's a henchman. <laughs> it's like, oh yes, hurts. Don't you tell your friends? And I made him upper crust British David Niven sort of type thing. And like, oh yes, mm-hmm. And they they stomp up and down on Bulma, something you would definitely not see nowadays. <laughs> right. It's like, mm-hmm, take that. Mm-hmm. And she's wearing her bunny costume too. And it's like, this is surreal. This is <laughs> this is just weird. Take that. Mm, yes. <laughs> well, that's terrific. Speaking of Balma, we have another person here. Uh, the future is Balma. Um, they ask, uh, tell us uh, your experience on Sonic. Tell us your, about your experience on Sonic. Mm, well, my, my experience on the Sonic games, uh, I was directed by Jack Fletcher. And people who aren't familiar with, with that name, he directed the dub for Spirited Away. Mm. and uh you know he's also a very well-regarded legendary director so getting to work with him was like like, oh this is so cool i'm working and i remember working on uh big the cat but they went with a, a slightly different direction than me just voice matching 
um, the previous actor who's the voice of Duke Nukem, John St. John. It's like, I made him more like, Oh, hi. And he's, he's more dumb. And you know, our, our, our big, the cats don't sound alike, but this is what Jack Fletcher directed me into. And it's like, Oh, hi froggy. He may, he may be the Jar Jar Binks of Sonic, but hey, I had fun and I got <laughs> paid for it. And there was a there, there was a whole level, a playable level with Big the Cat that got taken out of one of the Sonic games. I forget which one it was, but mm-hmm. oh well. Sent in question from Slayer at Gnome. Slayer. <laughs> what career do you think you'd want to try if you couldn't work in VO? Uh, I'm fascinated with audio design, sound design in films and TV. I, I love watching those making of features with like Ben Burke back in the day with the star Wars movie showing, showing how he came up with those sounds. Oh yeah. Foley work. You know, the, the people that go in and dub in footprints and, 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 and just random sounds, someone, you know, zipping up a, a coat, and a very specific sort of things that you think, oh, they just have this archive of sound effects, but it's like, no, you need it to match the actual video that's going with it. Uh, that fascinates me. I also, I miss playing the drums. I grew up, uh, playing the drums in, in marching band and middle school and high school and the jazz band. And, uh, I'm mostly a rock metal sort of guy. So I'd probably be doing that or, or trying to just jam out with my friends Something like that, but a big movie, big movie buff, huge movie nerd, especially of horror and um, sci-fi stuff. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. Wow, um, Kyle, I know that um, uh, you have a, a daughter, Kayla. Yeah, yeah, and is she into video games and what you do? Is she exploring the uh, voiceover world or anything like that? Shockingly, no. I mean, she thinks it's cool what I was doing, but back when she was still in school, I mean, she's like 24 now, but <laughs> when she was in high school or even middle school, her classmates were like, oh my gosh. And he's like, yeah, to me, it's just dad. Yeah, right. Of course. Of course. <laughs> so she thinks it's cool, but yeah, I was, I was definitely more of the gamer and the toys and the collectibles and all that stuff. And she's just, you know, she was all about Disney channel and you know, we'd enjoy Disney movies together and animated things together, but, uh, no, she hadn't really caught the bug of, of, of doing the acting thing. So it's like, she's, she's still trying to figure out where, what she wants to do in, in life. It's like, Oh, you can't push it. Can't force it. Of course she'll, not, she'll yeah. be ready. She'll choose it when she's ready. And, and I'm there supporting her the whole way. Dad of the year. That's amazing. That, that's yeah. incredible. Uh, okay. Uh, last question here. Um, we got uh, one uh, uh, from Ryu Lover Twenty. Uh, tell us your experience on the Naruto games, uh, specifically broke the Broken Bond. Hmm. Okay. I actually don't have a specific memory for a specific game. I do know that for a while there, we were doing like a new Naruto game every year. In the height of its popularity and all the clash of ninjas and this, that, and the other. And just recording his Kiba on those, uh, it'd be a lot of lather, rinse, repeat type stuff. I mean, they're good fighting games, but you get a lot of the same fight sounds like Yahoo and 
let's go, Akamaru. <laughs> and it's like, wow, I wouldn't they just, if anything you want to have an archive for, it's probably fight sounds, which we did on like one or two DBZ games. <laughs> <laughs> All we did was new dialogue and they totally just planted in fight sounds from a previous game. It's like, ah, okay. Save my voice. I like this. Yeah. <clears throat> but well, you don't said- want to get away with that too much. You know, people yeah. say, Hey, that's the same sound. <laughs> Why I ought to. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kyle, it has been such an honor and an absolute pleasure speaking with you uh, this yeah. evening. Thank you so much for, for taking the time to hang out with us and, and chat about your career and everything. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. It's a real pleasure. Um, and maybe if you could, uh, before you go, is there, is there anything that you'd like to, uh, to let us know that you have coming up or anything that you've got going on? Uh, well, dubbing wise, I don't think there's anything in the pipeline that I'm allowed to talk about yeah. until it comes See, out. Okay. No worries. Don't want to breach it. Darn topic. NDAs. But, yeah. uh, in the meantime, I do Twitch streams. My channel's called Gohan with your own bad self. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's on Twitch on uh, Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. And uh, all the subs on my Twitch channel are eligible to play on the games with me, whether it's against me or co-op mode or whatnot. I'm going to be doing some Jackbox games soon, and I do lots of Call of Duty. Not that I'm any good at it, but, you know. <laughs> Still fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, it's fun to get to to gather and, and talk to everyone because everyone's going a little stir crazy right now. It's like, sure. all right, let let's have some fun. And I've been guesting on a lot of other people's Twitch streams and YouTube streams, and it's like it's a blast. I love doing this stuff. Wow, what a great guy, Kyle! Thank you so much once again, and uh, we hope you have a wonderful, wonderful evening. Good Thank luck with you. everything. Thank you. You too, guys. Stay safe. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.